Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's pray. Everlasting Father, we thank you this afternoon. We return glory and honor unto you. Father, as we sit before you this afternoon, we pray that your spirit is going to minister to us. Father, we surrender ourselves before your throne that you speak to our hearts that which your purpose today. We want to receive that encouragement in our hearts that the Father, as we leave this place, will know you've spoken to us. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Amen. Shall we sit down, please? Good afternoon. Some people will say Kenneth has backslidden because he has not said praise the Lord. <laughs> it is afternoon is a fact, isn't it? Yeah, I'm saying it is good afternoon because the Lord has blessed us this day. Amen. Uh, I would like us to turn to Exodus 14. Exodus chapter 14, verse 10 to 12. The Bible says, And when Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them, and they were so afraid. And the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore, Hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is not this the word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. If you die in the ocean, if you die in the air, if you die in the desert, does it make a difference? Does it make a difference where you die? Yeah. But the children of Israel would rather they die in misery than they die in a desert. Whether that would extend by one second their life, I don't know. The honest truth is that they would be dead. I'm not talking about death and life now, but I would like to talk and to share with us on the subject of weathering storms. Weathering storms. There are physical storms, and we know the devastation that they leave behind. When there is a hurricane, you'll find houses broken, uh, street lights down, trees hewed out of the ground, and it's never comfortable for the people living in that place. Those of us who are here do, during the Gonu uh, phenomenon, you will attest to the fact that uh, ever since that time happened, things have never changed in Muscat. True or false? Oh, so we were very few here. 
So this is the story, those of you who came later. There was a hurricane that was directed towards Muscat here. And uh, that was the first experience. We had always, for me, I had always seen them on TV in America. I associated those things with America. And so when people are talking, it looked like it is just something, small, strong wind when the rains are falling. But it took me about 24 hours to appreciate the power and the devastation that a hurricane can cause. Because at some time I, I didn't know, because I was living alone in the house, so when I locked myself in the house, uh, I would stay there until when I'm reporting on duty again, especially if I had food. So fortunately, I had some food in the house, had some water in the house, and so I locked myself in the house and thought that was just rain, heavy rain, like the African rain. So it didn't scare me so much, but as it continued, I've, I noticed that uh, the days of Noah were not very comfortable. <laughs> because every time I peeped outside, it was still raining. And it's like vehicles were not uh, being seen around. And then suddenly, I decided to turn on Oman TV. And the beautiful cars that we drive here were being just pushed into the bridges. I think it was Kuram. The, <laughs> I saw vehicles just floating into the, the sea, you know. People's houses were flooded. People did not have anything. It wasn't a very good experience. But that was the physical storm that was hitting us. There are spiritual storms that sometimes also hit us in such, with such magnitude. But it's only that we cannot put our eyes to them, physical eyes, so sometimes we do not appreciate the gravity of it, especially if we are not inside. I remember Brother Leslie giving a testimony. I hope that brother is not here. <laughs> How a brother visited him, the house is flooded, they don't have anything in the house, and because the brother was fortunate, God had preserved him, he made this comment that God preserves his people. At least they did not experience it. So the implication is that Pastor Leslie is not for God. That's why he has experienced. <laughs> um, this is my thinking, not Pastor Leslie's thinking. He was not comforting the pastor. But it was kind of indicating like uh, only the ones who are right with God escaped. But it's not true. Praise the Lord. I don't know that I got that testimony well, but it was to that point that pastor was trying to share that we need to be sensitive to our brethren. Praise the Lord. We need to be sensitive to one another when such issues come up. Because you can talk in a reckless way. 
you don't know the pain somebody's going through. And you hurt somebody even more instead of building that person. Praise the Lord. I am speaking with all of us on the subject of weathering storms. And I'm saying storms will always be there in life. A strong storm for me may be a very weak storm for you. What you can cope with, I may not be able to cope with. So never regard any storm as though it is a, a, an easy matter to handle. Treat it with the seriousness it deserves, whether it is hitting you or it's, it's involving other people. And that is why we need to thank God for the intercessory team, because as they uphold us before God, there are many storms that are... You've heard of uh, a cyclone coming and then it changes direction. You've heard that, eh? Yeah, that is what they do for most of us. We celebrate and enjoy. We don't know what's happening in the spiritual realm. We don't know how many people have been interceding for us and causing cyclones to move in a different direction. We do not experience the full impact of those storms. Praise the Lord. So as they pray for us, in your quiet time also intercede for that team. Pray for them that God may strengthen them. God may give them the wisdom, may give them the insight, so that as God reveals to them the people to pray for within the body of Christ, they are also strengthened. Praise the Lord. Sometimes I used to think doctors don't fall sick when I was still young. Because I would just go to the, we used, I remember his name, it's the late, his name was Elphas. So he was the village doctor. You know, we called anybody who put on a white jacket doctor. Whether it was a clinical officer or a nurse, we just said doctor. So we knew him as the doctor, and uh, at no time I ever saw him sick. But every time we were sick with malaria, we would be taken to him. Until late in his age, then he was hit. So I'm calling upon the church also to remember that as they post the numbers there for prayers, it is your duty, it is my duty also to remember that team. Praise the Lord. Uphold them before the throne of God, that as they stand in the gap for the body of Christ and hold us together and pray to divert all the attacks of the enemy, that they also may benefit from the seed they are planting in this body. They may be beneficiaries of the same seed. Praise the Lord. So here are the children of Israel. They were in slavery, but as they are being liberated, their mind is tossing forth and backward. Some of them feel like this is a risk they are taking in life, and they, they are not very sure of the leading of God in their lives. And the situation becomes so so intense, when they arrive at the Red Sea and they are questioning the wisdom of Moses, they are questioning his intelligence, and suddenly the enemy appears behind them. And that complicates matters because Moses has got to provide an answer 
to their questions and a solution to the situation they are facing. But I thank God we all know what happened. God is always faithful. If it was Kenneth, and people are complaining like that, you know what he would say? Okay. Tackle it yourselves. And I'll be watching from the side, <laughs> seeing how they are being punished by the Egyptians. Okay? Because that's the nature of man. If you complain to man, he wants to put you in the fix so that you recognize his authority. <laughs> but God is kind and patient with us. You saw Manasseh, arrogant as he was, but he remembered the trouble he was in and he cried, and the Lord of mercy came and restored him. Just read it now. Praise the Lord. That's how merciful our Father is. And as we share this subject, I want us to turn to the book of Proverbs 10, verse 25. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25. It says, When the storms of life come, the wicked are wheeled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. When the storms of life come, the wicked are wheeled away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. Isaiah 38, Isaiah 38, verse 12. We'll read some scriptures. I want you to pay attention to them. Meditate as we continue. Isaiah 38, 12 onwards. Ezekiah. Verse 12. My life has been blown away like a shepherd's tent in a storm. My life has been blown away like a shepherd's tent in a storm. It has been cut short as when a weaver cuts cloth from a loom. Suddenly my life was over. Verse 13. I waited patiently all night, but I was torn apart as though by lions. Suddenly my life was over. Verse 14. Delirious, I chattered like a swallow or a crane, and then I mourned like a mourning dove. My eyes grew tired of looking to heaven for help. I am in, in trouble, Lord. I am in trouble, Lord. Help me. Job, chapter 30. Job, chapter 30. You know, some of us have not been reading the Bible, so I'm helping you to read We'll read quite a number of verses and then we'll reflect over them. Job chapter 30, verse 20. Job says, I cry to you, 
oh God, but you don't answer. I stand before you, but you don't even look. Verse 21, you have become cruel toward me. You use your power to persecute me. You throw me into the wild wind and destroy me in the storm. And I know you are sending me to my death, the destination of all who live. Are those encouraging words? That is somebody in real deep trouble is in the middle of a storm. Isaiah 25, Isaiah 25, verse 4. Isaiah chapter 25, verse 4. But you are a tower of refuge to the poor, O Lord. A tower of refuge to the needy in distress. You are a refuge from the storm, a shelter from the heat. For the oppressive acts of ruthless people are like a storm beating against a wall. For the oppressive acts of the ruthless people are like a storm beating against a wall. The book of Jonah, Jonah chapter 1, book of Jonah chapter 1. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said, and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. Verse 13, instead the sailors rowed even harder to get the ship to the land. But the stormy sea was too violent for them and they couldn't make it. Verse 14, then they cried out to the Lord. Jonah's God, oh Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin and don't hold us responsible for his death, oh Lord. You have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. For your own good reasons. Acts chapter 27. Acts chapter 27. Verse 20. Acts chapter 27, verse 20. The terrible storm raged for many days, blotting out the sun and the stars, until all, at last all hope was gone. Take note of that. Until, all, until at last all hope was gone. Verse 21. No one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. You would have avoided all this damage and loss. But take courage, none of you will lose your lives, even though the sheep will go down. Mark 4 37, Mark 4, 37. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. 
Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we are going down? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. There was a great calm. The last two verses, Proverbs 10.25. Proverbs 10.25. The writer, at, sorry. Yeah, we, we ended that. That mark was the last one. But now, let us reflect over the, cha- the verses that we have been reading. We want to look at them one by one. Proverbs 10.25. In Proverbs 10.25, it said, when the storms of life come, the wicked are willed away, but the godly have a lasting foundation. What does the writer, what is God telling us here? This is a, a, a testimony of somebody who has experienced a storm in his life. And he attests to personal experience. What is telling us? Storms will always come in the life of both believers and non-believers. He has distinguished two categories of people there. Believers and non-believers. To the non-believers, when the storms hit, they have no hope. That is why they are wheeled around in the storm. Where the storm will leave them, that is where they will remain. If you have seen those hurricanes, when they lift off the, the roof of a house, they, it doesn't tell the house, I'm going to take you to that field. The roof will be deposited, whether it is in a field, a farming a farm, on the road, it will be left there. That is the hopelessness of somebody who has no faith in God. When trouble strikes, you have nowhere to look. Somebody who is not anchored on the word of God will always be tossed in every direction. And if that storm was meant to hit you on a rock somewhere, you will land on that rock. Why? Because you have no control. You're like somebody who has been thrown in the ocean and the waves are just tossing you to and fro. So you are at the mercy of those waves. Wherever they decide to land you, that is where you are going to land. But that is not true for they that have faith in God. Because, what did the Bible say? But the godly, it says, but. You know, when I was learning English, once you put that but, it means it's it's reversing the process, eh? You are talking in the negative of the first statement. If these ones are being tossed aimlessly, but the godly, but the godly, say I am the godly. I am the godly. They have a lasting foundation in the midst of that storm. Praise the Lord. You have got the firm foundation who is Christ Jesus. You can anchor yourself on him and you will be firm at the end of the storm. You will be the only man standing. Praise the Lord. Why? Because your anchor is on the rock of ages. 
That is why it is important for you to understand that it's not hopelessness during the storms. There is always a hope. And as it was said here, the storms have got a purpose in our lives. Praise the Lord. They have got a purpose in our lives. That is to refocus our mind and to have an understanding that this faith we profess is not just words. It is real life. When you tell people, God will deliver me, the world wants to witness that deliverance. And so it is in such circumstances that God manifests his ability, his love for you, his protection for you. In times of a storm, seek the face of God. Remind him, Lord, this is an opportunity for you to manifest your love for me. This is an opportunity for you to demonstrate to your body your loving kindness. And the Lord will be faithful. In Isaiah 38, 12 to 14, which we read, this gentleman is faced with a situation. Zechariah. He's faced with a storm. And from the scripture, what he has said, if you look at what he was saying, the words he was speaking are words of one who has lost hope. Because he says, suddenly my life was over. I know there's one of us inside here, probably, you're finding yourself in such circumstances, and you think all is lost. You are looking to the left, right, wondering, God, where are you? But God is the firm foundation upon which you will see your salvation come. Praise the Lord. So as this man complains, some of the statements he says, through the night, he has said something here in the night. First he says, my life has been blown away like a shepherd's tent. So he's seeing everything being scattered, being torn. And 13, he says, I waited patiently all night. You've been having overnights praying, waiting for God to intervene. It seems there's no hope. God is right there in the midst of that storm. He is in control. He is in control of that storm. It will not sweep you away. It will not destroy you. At the end of the day, you will see him emerge with you in his arms victoriously. Now see how some of us behave in verse 14 of that Isaiah 38. Isaiah is describing something that I, I, I noticed some time back. Deliriously, delirious, I chattered like a swallow or a crane. And then I mourned like a mourning dove. Now I want just to explain something here. Before the mobile phones came, it was easy to know somebody in trouble. Because if they are walking on the street, you would see them as if they are talking to an invisible person. Hmm? Somebody just walking and you see him doing like this and you will know that this person 
what troubles his soul is a very serious thing. But these days, at least you can camouflage. You put an earphone here. Even if you are not listening to anything, people will think you are talking to somebody on you know, a mobile phone. But that is the kind of life that people go through. You find yourself talking to yourself on the street because you have looked in the west, east, north, south, no solution is coming. And you're wondering, go, where am I going to get my next meal? Where am I going to get this ABCD? My job is on the line. How will I survive? Those are storms that people go through. Those are storms that people experience in their lives. But God is always faithful. He will always deliver us. Praise the Lord. And then there are those of us also in storms who like pity parties. People call them pity parties, eh? You know some Christians, if you found a Christian in trouble, and you say, oh, sorry, my brother, take heart, sorry. They feel good. So and so has, has, has stood with me in pity. Oh, I had a brother who suffered like this, but you, you have been very strong in this case. You have been strong. They feel good. But do we need to be pitied? As a Christian, do you need somebody to pity you in time of trouble? You need a solution to that trouble. Praise the Lord. That's, you need somebody to stand with you and pray. You say, brother, be encouraged. The Lord will take us through this. Somebody is going to speak a word of faith. And also you yourself, to speak to yourself a word of faith. I shall not die in this storm. I shall live. I like some brethren, sometimes you ask them, how are you, brother? You know he's in trouble. He says, it is well. It is well. Praise the Lord. I was talking with my wife sometime about a brother. I said, you know what? This is just amazing. You know, we've been praying over this issue. We know this. But when you ask him, he's just smiling and says, it is well. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We need such a grace in times of trouble. Praise the Lord. Don't walk with your face announcing to everybody there's trouble in my life. Some of these people have been anointed as super interns of BBC. The moment you tell them your problem, let's pray over this. You know, sometimes we, we complain over trouble in form of prayer item. Oh, pray for me over this. And, and this one is still praying. Oh, pray for me over this. Before we know it, the whole church is being told about that problem. Learn to stick with somebody faithful. I'm saying some of us have got a weakness of being special interns of BBC and CNN. Learn whom you share with a prayer item. Praise the Lord. Because before you know it, by the time you reach Sib, so, ah, we heard this about you. <laughs> I need a brother who is going to hold my hand, take me to a field somewhere, and tell me, brother, let us trust God for this. We pray, and as we come from that place, we are smiling as if we are the 
on top of everything. Praise the Lord. When he meets me with the people, oh, Brother Kenneth, how are you? And I know, oh, this is somebody to trust with my secrets. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Troubles will be there, but we need to be careful as sons of God. When a storm comes, let us know this storm is not meant to destroy me. It is meant to strengthen me, and I need to stand on the word of God as I confront it. Praise the Lord. It may take long, but God will see me through. In the book of Job 30, 20, 2023, which we read, Job finds himself in a hopeless situation. And one thing again, we reflect over that. When Job is talking, we read it, you can see the tone in which he's speaking. Somebody who feels like God has abandoned him. Don't we feel like that sometimes? Don't we find ourselves in a situation where we have been knocked down until we wonder, Lord, where did I miss holding your hand? That's the time we need to trust in God and to know that he has not left us. Somebody said, in the time you find the going so rough, actually it is God who is facing that rough. You are, just, you are like somebody in a plane. When the turbulent moments come, it's actually the body of the plane that is encountering that. But because you are inside, you also feel it, isn't it? So God is holding us, is feeling the impact, but we can only feel the shaking a bit. And you will hear the voice tell you, we are facing a little turbulence, but in a short while we will be through. And just fasten your seatbelt, fasten your prayer life. Fasten your joy, and we'll be through this storm. Praise the Lord. That is the captain of our life. He's going to reassure us in those moments and tell us, Kenneth, this is just for a short while, and we will be through this storm, and life will be back to normal. That is the God in whom we trust. When we feel he's the one orchestrating these issues, no, far be it from God to tempt us. He only allows those situations to come. Sometimes, you know, as I told you some time back, it is very easy for you to take for granted everything. When things are going on right, you forget to remember even to say thank you, God, for the life you've given me. Thank you, God, for the beautiful, the comfort that I'm experiencing. We remember God mainly when trouble is there. True or false? Many of us, when issues become tight, our needs now respond accordingly. When things are okay, it says, praise the Lord, hallelujah, blah, 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 blah. We are going on. But never do we take time and say, Father, I thank you for this wonderful time that you have given me. For the last one or two weeks, I've enjoyed my walk with you. I've had a wonderful time with you, Lord. Thank you. But let trouble come. Two seconds, you are... Pastor, are you ready to pray with me? <laughs> I hope you also pray for them. Hezekiah is saying, in trouble, he found himself talking carelessly, chattering. 
as though that would help. But I pray that you shall not be of that kind. Your talk will be prayer and thanksgiving to God. It shall not be a complaining spirit. It shall not be a mourning spirit where you are complaining and thinking God has abandoned you. No, he has not. In Isaiah 25, we see good news coming in. Just to remind you, in Isaiah 25, verse 4. Look at this man. His language is different from the other verses. He says, but you are a tower of refuge to the poor. That's the language of a child of God during a storm. You are not thinking about the storm, but you are thinking about him being a refuge for you. Praise the Lord. But you are a tower of refuge to the poor, O oh Lord. A tower of refuge to the needy in distress. You are a refuge from the storm and a shelter from the heat. For the oppressive acts of ruthless people are like a storm beating against the wall. You are telling our, my, our maker, you are my wall. Allow him to build that wall of mercy around you. That the people who are trying to target you will find a wall of protection around your life. They will come strong as they may, but they will find a hindrance of love, God's mercy upon your life, and they will not touch your spirit. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In Acts, we see Paul in this boat. He has cautioned these people. This journey is going to be dangerous. But they said to him, these are my own words. It's not in the Bible. If you look, you'll not find. They told Paul, we have been sailing for years. You, you, you make tents. What are you going to teach us about the ocean? And because he had to sail in the same boat, he said, okay, let us go. But he had cautioned them. There will be trouble. So when the storms hit, everybody's panicking. I like what Paul says to them. And that is the voice we need to listen to during a storm. In verse 21 of Acts 27, Paul says, Men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left Crete. Because I gave you the word of prophecy, you refused. Because God reminded you through his servant, you did not want to listen. Because there was a testimony that was given, that was speaking to you, and you knew this testimony is mine, but you did not take hold of it. However, I am full of mercy. I will listen to you. So, in 21, he says, you would have avoided all this damage and loss. You know when you're in trouble and somebody starts talking like that, you wish he would stop. Because you know you are also in trouble and he's telling you why you shouldn't have been in that trouble. Say, Just leave me alone. Let me. But he says, verse 22, I love that. Verse 22, he says, but take courage. Take courage. 
None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship will go down. Praise the Lord. The storm may be as strong as ever, promising destruction. But because the word of God has come to you, you will not be destroyed. Praise the Lord. We need such a message. We need somebody to speak to us hope. We need God's voice to speak to us in such circumstances to reassure us. Praise the Lord. But you can only hear such a voice if you are, if you are keen to listen. If you are listening and expecting him to speak to you. Otherwise, it will be lost. Praise the Lord. In Mark 4, when we are talking about these disciples, these people have been ministering with Jesus. They have been in the field working with him. They have seen him perform miracles. But then when the storms hit, when they strike, what happens? The accusing finger comes out. We are out to look for somebody to blame. So, they see Jesus Christ is there, relaxed, on a cushion. And they come and tell him, don't you care that we perish? He's always caring. He's giving you an opportunity to experience that comfort in times of storms in your life. It's because we have not attained that close fellowship with him. Suppose there was a storm and you know this is the son of, of God and you went to sleep with him. You say, this storm is there but where he is, let me be there. If we perish, we perish with him. It wouldn't have been a troubling experience for them. But when they came, as is common to all of us, most of us, in time of trouble, when storms come in life, in our relations, every other place of work, instead of us looking at Jesus, what do we do? We are looking for somebody to allocate that blame to. But when they came to Jesus, what he did, he woke up, and the Bible says he commanded the storm to stop. Turn your attention to Jesus. He's always present in that storm. He will take charge of the situation. Praise the Lord, and he will set you moving in the right direction. Praise the Lord. Ways to navigate through a storm. Ways to navigate through a storm. Number one, storms have this assurance. Storms help to reassure us of the Father's caring attitude and His mercy that endure forever. Storms. Look at storms as reminders of God's caring attitude and the mercy that endures forever. And you'll not be troubled as much as you've been in the past. Praise the Lord. Romans 8.28 says... And we know 
that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Praise the Lord. He starts, and we know that's something that is, is affirming a fact. Is affirming a fact that you as a child of God, me as a child of God, should be conscious of. That God causes everything, positive and negative. Alright? Positive and? Mm, because when we get promotion, God is good. Hallelujah. But when we are told, okay, you are suspended for two months, God, how can you allow this to happen? Maybe during the time you are being suspended, something wrong is going to happen in that company. You should be at home, not to be part of that party. Have you ever thought of it that, that way? There could be a possibility your company is going to be involved in something that a child of God should not be mentioned. And so, God uses your boss to say you are suspended because you have been working very hard. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You don't to, to, to take, we were still investigating your performance here. And within that time, something nasty happens in the, now they cannot bring you back. Those who are planning to sack you because of that cannot bring you back to soil you in the same. They were there alone, you were at home. Okay, so let us not look at situations coming our way as though there's no opportunity in them. God will always make an opportunity in every circumstance that we encounter. Philippians 1.6 And I am certain that God, who began a good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. Have that assurance. He started a good work in me. This storm that is coming midway is part of the path, the journey that I must go through. But because he started it, he's able to bring it to accomplishment. Praise the Lord. Psalms 23, 4. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod, your staff, protect and comfort me. Praise the Lord. Have you ever asked yourself what the rod means in this verse? Huh? What does the Bible talk about the rod? Spare the rod and? So what does that mean? That rod, what is it supposed to do in the storm? <laughs> to, <laughs> to whip you as a child of God to be in life. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The staff was always curved. I don't know why they were drawing it like that. These days they still draw it like that, isn't it? It's to guide the... The, the ship that is going to fall to, to hook it and bring it back. But the rod, the stubborn ship, would be given a whip. So the Bible is saying in the storm, in the darkest valley that you are walking, there will be a rod and there will be a staff. And those two will comfort you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Even the weeping of God is comfort. You need to smile and say thank you, Father. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If he doesn't whip you, the world will whip you and it will be worse. David knew this. He said, I would rather be on the punishment table of the Lord than a first man. They have no mercy. He punishes you with like that. It's not like men who just 
They bite their lips and whoop. No. Number two, allow the word of God to be your pillar. Allow the word of God to be your pillar during the storm. Praise the Lord. Don't deviate and start looking for other solutions elsewhere. Your plan B will fail you, will sink you deeper and deeper in the hole. Plan C will be worse. Praise the Lord. I don't know what plan D will do. Just go and hang on the word of God. Ezekiel 2 verse 1 and 2 says, Stand up, son of man, said the voice. I want to speak with you. The spirit came into me as he spoke and he set me on my feet and I listened carefully to his words. Which means Ezekiel was down, isn't it? He was already down. But when the voice spoke, when the word of God came, he found himself standing. The storm was not overwhelming. He was now strong enough. He was able to listen and to face the storm. Praise the Lord. Romans 15, 4. Such things were written in the scripture long ago to teach us. And the scripture gives us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. These things were written long time ago. That when you are thrown in the den of lions, he will shut the mouth of the lions and you will survive. They were written so that you may patiently wait for his promises. The storm cannot consume you, son of God. The storm will not destroy you. You can only emerge a stronger person in that storm if you have held on the word of God. Psalms 119.28 I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. You may be crying, the storm is strong and tossing you left and you are feeling the pain. But you are telling God, encourage me by your word. Praise the Lord. So allow the word of God to be your pillar. Number three, converse with God in prayer. Converse with God in prayer. Psalms 34, verse 4. I prayed to the Lord and he answered me. He freed me from all my fears. During the storm, we, have got, we are full of fears, are we not? We don't know where we are going. But this man, out of experience, he says, I prayed to the Lord. And did he keep quiet? He answered me. And in addition, he freed me from all my fears. When you overcome fears, now solutions can come. Praise the Lord. The dangerous thing is to entertain fears. To see how enormous the whole thing is. Then you will never have a solution. Your focus will be on the fears rather than on the solution. Those who look to me for help will be radiant with joy. No shadow of shame will darken their faces. That says the Lord. Praise the Lord. In my desperation, I prayed and the Lord listened. He saved me from all my troubles. For the angel of the Lord is a God. He surrounds and defends all who fear him. That's the word of God. Psalm 61, 1-4. I'm about to finish. God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. From the ends of the earth, I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety. 
for you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Praise the Lord. Let me live forever in your sanctuary, safe beneath the shelter of your wings. Those are the words that God is speaking to you during your storm. And you're speaking to yourself also. Sometimes you need to preach yourself during the time of trouble. The last point, learn to rejoice. Learn to rejoice in the Lord always. Praise the Lord. And somebody is saying, Kenneth, how possible is it to, to smile and to rejoice when you are in a storm? That you will ask Peter, Silas, what did they do in the prison? You will ask them on that day when you go there. Write in your notes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Put it in your notebook. When the time comes, you go to heaven and you say, I want to see these people who are rejoicing in the prison. What was it that you saw in that prison that made you sing? The Bible is saying, during the storm, learn to celebrate in the Lord. Don't seek for pity and mercy from men. Learn to celebrate in the presence of God. And he will lift you up. Philippians 4.4 4, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Was, was, Paul, was Paul watching uh, football? Was he watching cricket when he was writing this? Eh? Was he eating biryani? Where was he? In the prison. The food is terrible. The smell is terrible. But he says, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Finally, Nehemiah 8.10. And Nehemiah continued, Go and celebrate with the feast of the rich foods and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with the people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Praise the Lord. In times of storms, we need to know how to counter them in the Lord. Do not rely on your own wisdom. It will let you down. Storms are of all forms, are all kinds. They do not need to be things that you can see. They can be storms that are in the spiritual realm and are squeezing life out of you. People may not know, but learn to depend on God and He will see you through. May God bless you so much. Praise the Lord. Church, this is a reminder that there will always be storm in life. I like the way brother started his uh, message by giving us the physical storm. Always remember that when it rains, it rains on every home. Storm of life will come. Don't think that you will never experience it. And that is why the Bible says in Psalm 34 verse 19, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord deliver him out of them all. Not just single one, out of them all. Brothers and sisters, 
All you need to do is to turn to Jesus. Because he said in John 16 verse 33, This thing I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Why? Because in the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheers. I have overcome the world. The storm will always be there. I don't know if you take note of the connection between the promise for this week and this message. God is talking to us. Brother Kenneth was not aware about the, today's promise for the week before this message. Sister, can you project the promise for the week again? It says, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. Can I hear amen to that? May the Lord answer you in the day of your storm. May the name of the Lord, of God, of Jacob, defend you. Brothers and sisters, I want us to stand up and declare, using that promise for this week, that I declare the Lord shall deliver me on the day of my trouble in the mighty name of Jesus. Begin to talk to God. That the name of God of Jacob shall defend you in the day of trouble, in the day of storm, in the mighty name of Jesus. Every storm, either in your marriage, in your career, in your business, or whatever source of trouble or storm that you are passing through, command that let them be still in the mighty name of Jesus. Speak unto God every storm in your life. Being stormed from the marriage, being stormed from the business, being stormed from the school, being stormed for your work or your career. Let them be still in the mighty name of Jesus. Let them be still in the mighty name of Jesus. Every satanic storm that is preventing your prayer from being answered. Lord, put an end to it today in the mighty name of Jesus. Speak unto God that God will bring them to an end. In the mighty name of Jesus. And I will pray for you from the book of Isaiah, chapter 43, verse 2. He said, when you pass through water, he will be with you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And through the river, they shall not overflow you. In the mighty name of Jesus. And when you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor you shall, shall the flames crush you. In the mighty name of Jesus. The God Almighty will continue to see your storm. And command the Spirit of God to make them to be still in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. Father, we pray, Almighty God, as we have convinced and be aware of every storm in our life, that we have to bring them to you. Father, we lay every storm before us at your feet. Father, we declare that you will command the peace that they shall remain still in the mighty name of Jesus. Every spiritual storm that is troubling your life, I command the Spirit of God to bring them to an end today in the mighty name of Jesus. I command the Spirit of God to see them right now in the mighty name of Jesus. And you will explain that peace of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, Lord. We pray for your servant that you have used for all these days. More anointing in his life in the mighty name of Jesus. We pray for him, pray for his family, that the peace of God will continue to reign in his life in the mighty name of Jesus. Every storm in that home, Father, let them be still in the mighty name of Jesus. 
Thank you, Almighty God. As you go into this week, you'll be free of storm in the mighty name of Jesus. Before the end of this year, I command that whatever is troubling your mind, the peace of God will reign over it and they will be still in the mighty name of Jesus. You will testify to the glory of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, everlasting Father. We bless your holy name because we have been blessed today. Glory be to your name. For in Jesus' name, we have prayed.